Hello, friends. I'm J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships. Thanks for joining me here on the Resilient Leaders Podcast. Most leaders are burdened by complexity and exhaustion. And here at Kairos Partnerships, we seek to equip leaders with the perspective and tools that they need to lead with health, clarity, and confidence. Leadership can be hard and lonely, and we at KP are trying to be companions on the journey, offering numerous resources each and every week for you, the leader, including this podcast. For the past few weeks, we've been exploring the crucial and irreplaceable role of habits in the life of a leader. But this week, I want to talk about the flip side of the coin here. Here's an important question as we talk about habits. How do we make sure our habits, which can be beneficial for our leadership, don't become ruts, which can become detrimental to our leadership? Let me ask that question again. How do we make sure our habits, which can be beneficial for our leadership, don't become ruts, which can become detrimental to our leadership? We've talked numerous times on the podcast that preparation is more important than planning. But what happens if habits become plans and then our plans change? Then what? How do we make sure that we don't grow old and crotchety when we don't get our way because they're outside of our normal habits? We talk about the need to be adaptable in our leadership on this podcast. So what about improvisation and cultivating resilience in our leadership? Ah, good question. Well, today I want to talk about how we stay fresh and remain open to new ideas and ways of thinking, all the while remaining engaged in healthy habit cultivation. I'm really grateful to have learned a great deal from my friend Leonard Sweet. Now, Len Sweet has been kind enough to write the foreword to one of my books and to endorse a few others. Len has written dozens of books himself, and he has one of the most interesting minds that I've ever had a chance to learn from. His mental motor is always running. He's always making connections, always thinking about the future, connecting dots to make sense of the world. It's truly both amazing and inspiring to hear him communicate and to hear him think and to read his writings. Now, a few weeks ago, I, along with a few dozen other leaders, had a chance to spend almost an entire day with Lynn learning about how we think about the future as leaders. Not just what to think, but how to think. I've read many of Lynn's books, and one of my favorite things to do in reading a Lynn book is reading the footnotes. I know that sounds nerdy, but as I do, I almost feel like I get a bonus chapter of the book. I'm always amazed by the wide range of books and resources that he gleans material from and includes in his book, from volcanoes to bird migration patterns to Russian literature to the way our clothes are made. It's incredible. So during the Q&A portion of our time together a few weeks ago, I asked Len not about what he knows, but about how he knows what he knows. In fact, I was very curious, what are your learning habits? What are your listening and reading habits? So I asked him specifically, what are his habits that helps him cultivate such a wide variety of information and learning? His response was, oh, so you're trying to get me to give away all my secrets, are you? And he laughed. I think he was genuinely glad I asked. I certainly was because his answer was absolutely fascinating. For the next several minutes, Len explained what he called the spiritual discipline of randomization rituals. That's kind of a mouthful. The spiritual discipline of randomization rituals. 
He said he does this so that he can, quote, grow old but stay fresh, close quote. So he can be open to receiving new things and new ideas from strange sources. He said we learn best multisensorily. The best kind of learning is by experiencing it. And he said that while he has habits and rhythms that he engages in, he also purposefully places himself in unique and different situations that allow him to experience new things and learn from new sources. I was intrigued. I raised my hand again and I said, can you give me some examples? He gave me four. The first one, he said, the spiritual discipline of randomization rituals. He said, my first ritual is when I go out to eat... I don't order what I always order off the menu. Instead, I ask the waitress, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Whatever that is, I'll take that. He said he's had some really bad dishes at restaurants before, but he's also said he's had some of the most amazing dishes in his life that he never would have ordered otherwise by simply allowing the waiter or waitress to decide for him. The second example he gave is he said when he, when he goes to the movies, this one made me laugh. When he goes to the movies, he goes to the theater and he just walks up to the, to the ticket booth and he just asks, what's the next movie showing? And they announce whatever movie it is. He said, great, I'll buy a ticket to that one. And he watches that. He never goes to the movies actually with a particular movie in mind. He just walks up and says, what's the next one playing? I'll take that. Even if it's a romantic comedy that doesn't seem all that interesting. He says he doesn't want to get in an echo chamber and he's learned some fascinating things from every movie that he's seen in in order to connect dots, even romantic comedies. The third example he gave was when buying new clothes. He said, yes, he goes to a place and he buys new clothes, buying something completely random just to try something different. The fourth example he gave, he says he travels a lot. And he says when he travels, he'll go into Hudson News at the airport, right? The place where you can get all your sundries and books and magazines. And he blindly goes to the magazine rack and he just blindly reaches out and grabs a few random magazines to read. And he said he buys one magazine for every hour of the flight. It's a three-hour flight. He gets three magazines, blindly reaching out, whatever they are. And his rule is he buys those three, and he says to himself, you have to read every single page of each of these magazines. (laughs) Wow. While Len has contributed a great deal to the realm of theology, he also said he doesn't read theology books because it's just an echo chamber. He shared how one day he was reading about the Russian word Ostranene. And ostranene means defamiliarization or estrangement. Ostranene, it's a term used in cultural anthropology that is encouraging people to see common things as strange, wild, or unfamiliar, defamiliarizing what is known in order to know it differently or more deeply. Ostranene. It's where things need to be seen as strange before it is seen as fresh. To see things strange, sometimes you have to eat new dishes and wear new clothes and watch different kinds of movies and read new things you never would have read on your own on an airplane. I got to be honest with you, I was so intrigued, I decided to try some of these exercises myself, the spiritual discipline of my own randomization rituals. I've told the waiter in Wichita a few weeks ago, bring out whatever your favorite dish is, just surprise me. I've gone into Hudson News at the airport, at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, and I've blindly picked out two magazines, Good Housekeeping and Motor Trend, if you care to know. 
I've yet to draw on enough of my courage yet to buy a pair of black leather pants or had enough time to try a random sampling of the next film playing at the local AMC theater, but we will see. But what is so helpful is the idea of randomization, of cultivating the strange so that it becomes fresh in my eyes. Leaders, let's be proactive and intentional about our habits. But, like Len Sweet, let's also be disciplined enough and courageous enough to not allow our habits to become ruts and to lull us to sleep. Be clear on your habits, but push yourself proactively to see things as strange so that they can be fresh. Because if you have fresh eyes to see the world, it will make you that much more prepared to be resilient in your leadership. Thanks for sharing your experience with me, Len. It's opened my eyes and my life to be a bit more adaptable than before. And may we all enter into the posture of purposefully pursuing Ostranene in order to be resilient leaders. Thank you, Leader, for joining me today. And thank you, as always, to our podcast producer, Joel Limbowen, founder and owner of Onalim Productions. You can always check out his great work at onalimproductions.com or check out the show notes. As usual, leaders be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, develop habits, cultivate them with purpose and intentionality, but engage in the discipline of randomization rituals too. The strange will allow you to be fresh. To be a resilient leader, lean in to Ostrin Have a great day.